I'm Greta Kavia, host and founder of Masavanda Has a Podcast. To really help the podcast grow, please leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to us today. Thank you. Well, welcome to the process of creating. Thank you very much. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and let the people know what you do? Of course, yeah. Um, so my name is Scott Aharoni. I'm a film director and film producer. And um, I'm right now in the independent filmmaking world and working my way up to the studio level. Nice. Okay, Scott. Um, to start off with, do you have any guilty pleasures? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, in, in regards to guilty pleasures, um, it's, it, I guess that's an interesting thing to ask. I one of my guilty pleasures. It's kind of like two, but in one. Um, I, I'm a huge, huge Disney buff. A huge, huge Disney buff. So, uh, one of my favorite places in the absolute world is being right in front of the castle in Disney World. And uh, I'm like the happiest, most giddiest person I could possibly be. It just feels so magical, so happy. And, you know, I wish I was just living there every single day. <laughs> wow. Okay. If you had to pick Paris or is it Orlando? That, that, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, so there's Orlando, there's Paris, there's California, there's Tokyo, there's Shanghai, there's Hong Kong. My goal yeah. uh, by in the next five years, you know, obviously the pandemic kind of went made my plans a little bit interesting. But uh, the next five years, my goal is to hit every single Disney park in the entire world. So but um, right now, yeah, my favorite my favorite castle is uh, Disney World. They just re- refurbished it and painted some new colors. But one um, castle I really, really want to go to is in Tokyo. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous castle. They also have, they just built a second castle for Beauty and the Beast, which looks absolutely incredible at night. So I'm just excited to see all these castles. I love it. I love it. You never really meet a man who's open and honest about their love for Disney. I love it. Great. Oh, oh, I wear Mickey shirts. Everyone compliments me on Mickey shirts. I wear loud and proud. Yes. Um, and then I, and also about castles, another castle that I love is like Hogwarts and Universal Studios. That drives me up the wall as well. Like my bachelor party for my uh-huh. wedding, like for my, yeah. you know, for my wedding and stuff like that. We went to Universal Studios and that's all I wanted. I wanted to get my wand in, in, in Hogwarts in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter yeah. and do some magic. And that was the happiest guy in the world. Yeah. My kind of people. Harry Potter. Yes. You're my kind of people. <laughs> Uh, okay exactly so you said you are a film director filmmaker producer um i read your imdb Mm -hmm. page so i kind of know the answer to this already but for those who don't know you and haven't googled you um was there a specific time that you knew that you wanted to be the creative that you are right now um, or like, and you knew that it wasn't a hobby. Yeah. So, no, of course. So, um, so basically, it, it was like an immediate love of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was in middle school, 
uh, when I was around 12, 13 years old, there was a filmmaking course that my middle school offered. It was the first time ever that they offered a filmmaking course. And my school actually had a television studio that we were able to work out of. So that was the asset that the school had. Um, but, you know, there was more live television production than it was like actual narrative work, like filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But then they offered up a filmmaking course. And, uh, you know, I always loved movies. You know, uh, I was always obsessed how movies were actually done and made and, you know, how they looked and how they got all the special effects. So I, I wanted to take it. And when, uh, so then I took the course and then the teacher broke us up into two groups, gave us a script, gave us a storyboard and then explained the positions uh, of a film crew. And they said, who wants to be the director? And mm-hmm. I always loved being a leader. I always loved being in charge. Um, and I've always been creative myself. So I said, I want to be the director. So I ended up being a director, but then I told the teacher, I don't want to follow the storyboard. I wanted to do this shot and this shot and tell it this way. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was like, no, no, no. His name was Mr. Gluck. He said, no, you shouldn't do that. You haven't done this before. You know, just follow the storyboard. Mm. And, but then he encouraged me and saw that I actually had a real strong desire to do my own vision. Mm-hmm. And then I shot it the way I wanted to shoot it. We started editing it uh, in class. And then he said to me, you got a real knack for this. Don't let this go. Mm-hmm. And with that comment, I, I took it to heart. And from that point, it wasn't, it didn't even go from a hobby to a, you know, career choice. It was just, holy mackerel, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at that point, I dove straight in. Nice. That's really beautiful. Um, it shows just how if the educational side of creativity is really explored and really um, cultivated, it can actually end up being a, a lucrative and good thing. So, yeah, nice. I like that. Um, no, of course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, education is a great if, if, if your schooling and your education allows you to have opportunity and expose you to things that you wouldn't have any, you know, any type of exposement to it per se, you know, um, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Cause who knows where my life would have been if that filmmaking course wasn't a thing. Mm. I, I don't know when I would have been exposed to actually get my hands on a camera and actually look at it mm. from a filmmaking point of view. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So let's talk about what you've learned mm. in terms of creative process and what you have kind of developed yourself in terms of your own making and directing um talk to us a little bit about what is your creative process what do you start off with how do you then take what is a concept into an actual um working like you said storyboard and then you know how how do you develop it into like a film or production yeah so my process is, uh, you know, is, is ever growing, ever changing as I'm learning more about myself as an artist and who I want to become. Mm-hmm. But, you know, right now, um, where I stand is that, you know, I, I'm typically given a script. It, sometimes I, I give an idea of what I want to write, what I want to accomplish to a writer. And then the writer writes something up with brand new characters, characters I have no idea about, storyline that I'm not 
I'm not aware of, but I give them, you know, pointers. Then I, then I receive the script, I read the script. And then at that point in the process, I'm like, okay, what do I, you know, is this script right for me first? And then after if the script is right, and I feel there's a lot of potential that I can put my voice into, then I try to figure out, okay, what is that voice? What do I want to tell? And then how do I tell it in the most efficient, most, you know, new and interesting way possible mm-hmm. um, to, to have a successful product? Mm-hmm. And then from that point, I start working with the screenwriter to, you know, tailor it more to what particularly that I may think or I may say or may want mm-hmm. and then uh, from there it's just a matter of going through the process of filmmaking it's getting your cast it's getting your director of photography and it's figuring how you want to shoot it how it wants to be colored you know what's the color palette what how do what kind of sounds what kind of music mm. and it's it's kind of building this whole vision of the film of how you see the film before the film is even shot and then when you actually shoot the film, it's just a matter of actually executing the vision in which you initially had in plan during the moments and stages of pre-production. Mm-hmm. Okay. Style. What is your, your your directing style, shall I say? You know, like how everybody knows what a Quentin Tarantino movie is like. There's like the the, 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 the lettering and then there's the music that comes on. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I love Wes Anderson. Like he is, yeah, I love his color palette. So you, you know, it's a Wes film from the color and just like you know the the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So what would be a Scott production? What is your staple? Yeah, I think you know right now where where I'm heading towards um, right now in my career is a very realistic. Um, storytelling it's very realistic storytelling meaning that we live with these characters there's there's silence it's not heavily dialogue mm-hmm. um driven it's 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 more it's more of a character studies mm-hmm. and it's a certain point of view i don't like cutting i don't like a lot of edits i like having one shots for every single scene the last film i just shot every scene except for one or two scenes or just one shot so five minute long takes just living with the characters you get a lot as an audience member at least i feel you get a lot more sucked into the film so at the end of the day what's a scott aharoni film it's a film that offers realism that you know leaves you that lets time fly by so quickly because it's just a moment of someone's life it's it and you just express in such a way that just seems very mm-hmm. seamless and it, you know it, it tells realism and, and lets you into someone's world nice okay you're like the um the dali of, of film salvador dali <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly exactly um so when i think it was the designer paul smith who said inspiration is everything um what if you're very um, real in your making and you, you, you're about the time and making it very um, authentic to the person, to the story where do you get your inspiration then? Is it is it in the human subject or is it in like a more obscure subject but then you try and make it realistic and it, it am I making sense? I feel like I'm not making no, 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 it makes, it makes complete like, sense. What are you saying? What are you saying? 
saying, Greta. Um, but yeah, like no, 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 no. Trust me, no. I I love talking to people. I, I <laughs> it's all good. I I I love listening to people's stories. I I love you know. You know, just hearing about anybody's situation that they're living in, whether it be good or bad. You know, I, I love learning about human and human nature and how people react to things.、Mm-hmm. So, what in you know, what gives me inspiration? What, how do I find where I want to tell stories or how I want to tell stories? Is one by just meeting people, talking to people. But the other thing is 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 watching movies and watching movies that I love or aspire to be like,、mm-hmm. and. Seeing why I love those films and what did they do so well and who I want to be like and who I aspire to be like, so it's a mixture of studying the actual art of filmmaking and actual filmmakers, and the other is actually talking to just real human beings. Because at the end of the day, these movies are about human beings. No matter if you're acting or you're not, the greatest actors are just real people. You're just watching on screen. So that's where I get mo- you know my inspiration. Nice.、Um, in terms of your process. And、um, even when you are getting your inspiration, what do you think is the most important thing、um, to being a director? And、um, what do you make sure you do first, like when you're on set or when you're? Yes.、Yeah, so I think the most. Yeah. Imp- yeah. yeah. Oh no! Sorry. Yeah.、Um, yeah. I, I think the most important, you know, thing. Uh, about being a director is knowing your vision and what story you want to tell. Kind of like what I was saying before, and it just it just you know comes again with the question like this. It just it stays true to what a director is. The director is someone who figures out the ultimate vision of the story. What do you want to tell? How do you want people to leave the you know theater, or how do you want people to watch your movie on Netflix or any of these streaming services? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to say? What do you want them to feel? Do you want them to talk about?、It? Does it provoke questions? So I think, you know, what the first thing the director has to do, as I said before, is when you receive a script, you need to say, "What do I want to do with this? What do I want to? Why am I making this? And what do I want to say to the public? How do I want them to feel?" And I think that's the most important part. And then at that point, once you figure out what that is, the next part of that process is how do you actually make that happen? Okay.、Um- There's a lot of things that you know people try to kind of avoid, or people try to make sure that they make they they do, to kind of have a statement、um, within their creations, within their creativity. Do you have like the, a one thing that you're like, you know what? No, I'm I'm going to avoid this because to me it doesn't really stand for what I what I believe in, what I want to create. Or you're gonna, or you kind of the person who's like, nah, I'm gonna completely go down this road and be the rebel, and you know, make people understand that this needs to be said, seen, heard, or whatever. Or yeah, are you a rebel, or are you more of a no? I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay away from all the. Yeah, so I think. Yeah, so I, I think there's a fine line between it, and I and I think you know at the end of the day, it's what's true to the story. So if the story is about rebels or whatever the case may be, it's like, you, as I always say, like you know, you just gotta stay true to who the characters are and what the story is. So if my characters are rebels, then you know I gotta be a rebel. I gotta figure out who they are, you know, but but tell it in a in a way that 
people would enjoy watching it still. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I think it's it's finding that balance and that and that fine line between the two. What's harder to keep um to keep to keep it going, keep your career going, or to to get started? Is is it harder to like just get the ball rolling? Yeah, I think you know. I, I think a thousand percent. I think it's harder to keep going. Um, with the filmmaking industry, there's a lot of rejection. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a somewhat slow process at times. It's a lot of waiting around, hearing people's responses from film festivals. Um, it takes some time to make a movie, and it takes time. And you, and you know, as long as you don't give up. You know, you won't fail. But you know, I I I've seen a lot of people. It, it's tough. It's tough to keep going. It's it's very very daunting. It's a it's a tough journey. So it's tougher to keep going. But as long as you got your eye on the prize, you know that's that's the motive. That's your fuel, and that's how yeah. you keep going. Um. So currently with COVID, like you said at the start, you know, it ruined your 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 Disney, um, saga experience. Um. But like yeah. in terms of you know filmmaking and just the whole industry, I know the news is kind of telling us, whoa, you know, cinemas are now closing. Um, how is it affecting you personally, like with your creation, with your creativity, or have you found actually having a lot of having to be bunkered down and having to rethink how to make films and how to you know navigate life with the pandemic is actually mm-hmm. really propelled your your creativity and you you're better than before where are you on this on the spectrum of how yeah so <laughs> yeah so personally personally I, I, i'm a i'm a hell of a lot better than i was before and a lot of people have um are, are, are opposite in that regards I, i see a lot of you know friends and colleagues on Facebook and social media saying how hard it's been on them uh, because of the pandemic. But the pandemic actually, I believe, offered me an opportunity to tell a real story, to tell a story about people living through a pandemic. And um, when the pandemic began, uh, you know, I was speaking to a, a friend of mine who was a screenwriter, and we decided to sit down and, you know, write a script. Um, about about the pandemic and not necessarily about the pandemic but a, but a, but a story that took place during the pandemic mm. and we actually shot a film a new, new york reopened their filming you know protocols they re, they allowed people to start filming mm-hmm. and then two weeks later we ended up shooting our film because mm-hmm. we were doing we were in, in pre-production the entire time during the pandemic you know we wrote the script for about you know, three months, we had a one month of pre-production, got the cast, got the rehearsals. It was it was very, very interesting and weird. The Zoom calls, the Zoom rehearsals, all this interesting stuff we never had, but it challenged me as an artist. And, you know, you know, it was the most, it was the most real story mm. I have ever, 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 ever told. Mm-hmm. And it was the least amount of dialogue I've ever had in one of my films. So it challenged me as an artist because this time is a lot of solitude. It's a lot of, you know, silence, mm. and it's a scary time. So I shot a film at the uh, end end of July, beginning of August, mm-hmm. edited it, made it happen, and sent it out to the film festivals. And um, you know, 
you know, initially, like all my other jobs that I was getting, I was producing commercials and so on and so forth, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year. But then when the pandemic happened, all that disappeared. Mm -hmm. So it gave me an opportune time to focus on my craft and allow me to dive into my next project. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so, you know, I'm quite thankful that we were able to do such a thing because it was one heck of an effort by yeah. uh, by the entire cast and crew. Nice. Um, in those times where pre-pandemic um, where your process has kind of taken a bit of a dip it's very easy for us creators to kind of then get into our own heads and be our own worst enemies do you know what I mean and put ourselves put ourselves in front of mm. ourselves and stop ourselves how have you kind of kept yourself going and, and kind of gained your creative confidence and kept it together do you have any tips any secrets because you, like you said the film industry is very brutal you know one day you're in the next day you're out <laughs> and it's like you know you have to keep on to- you have to keep going and keep taking the nose so how do you as a director as well you have so much responsibility how do you keep yourself safe yeah yeah so I mean I you know since day one I've been doing this for a long time since mm. I've been you know a teenager um and, I, and I'm 26 now, um, but I'm I'm just I have my eye on the prize. I know what my goals are in life. I know what I want. I, I have I have strong goals. I have goals by certain ages that I want to hit. I got goals for my lifetime goals. I got legacy goals. I got all things in my life that I have, and I'm and I'm very determined. Mm-hmm. And I don't like. I, and I'm always someone who just if there's a brick wall in front of in front of me, I'll go right through it. I, I'm, I'm always eager. I don't like wasting time. Mm. You know, every minute that you say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow is a waste of day. Every single day I wake up, I need to do one thing that will progress my career forward, whether it be an email, a phone call. It doesn't really matter what it is. Something has to be done. Even during the pandemic, I was networking with people every day. Now people were actually mm-hmm. home. So I did something, even though I, I couldn't do something in the beginning, at least I did something to progress my career. Mm-hmm. So what keeps me going are my goals, my determination, and just what I want out of life and what I want out of my career and who I want to become. That's what drives me and wakes and you know gets me going every single morning. Yeah, nice. Um, have you ever received any non-creative based advice? that you've kind of found to be very helpful within, you know, your creative work or just in your life in general and you kind of, you hold, you help, you hold. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess, I mean, like, you know, the, the general ones of like, don't ever give up, you know, (laughs) failure is not an option. Just put your head down and just keep on going. But, you know, but like uh, someone that I, I, I love and I, and I look up to very much is Bob Iger, who was uh, the former CEO of, of Walt Disney. Um, and, and, and he said, um, even though this kind of does with the creative arts, but it's not, it's more business, it's more mental. But he, he, he said in his book, um, The Ride of a Lifetime, he, he said, don't be in the business of playing it safe, mm-hmm. be in the business of creating possibilities of greatness. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's a major, major thing that I love to live by, is that by playing it safe, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to, you know, you need to stick out. You need to be different. You need to be someone people remember. What product are you going to do to make remember? And it could be a fail. Nothing's a fail because you can learn from it, you know, but what are you going to do? How are you going to separate yourself that 
to give yourself the opportunity to be great. Because if you're just going to play it safe, you'll never be great. You know, you can be the greatest safe person, but you'll never be great in the eyes of everybody. So, you know, don't play it safe. Yeah. You know, always try to be better. Nice. Yeah. Um. Okay. Weird question. What's your most useless talent? Yeah, so that's an interesting one. I don't even know, you know. I don't even. I, I was the. That's a hard, hard question. I don't know what my useless talent is. Um, I don't know if it's useless, but like I'm also a magician. Not that it's useless. I mean, it's that's a good talent. You make people smile and stuff. Oh it's, I think it's a great talent, but uh, you know. I think it's, I don't know, I, I, it's not useless, but I guess that's the only thing I can think of, like, yeah. that's like a great, fun thing that I do, you know, I've, I've done magic my entire life, and that's kind of like the whole magic of filmmaking, too, that oh. I've done, so, I don't know, useless talent, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I, just, I think magic is a, just a great talent, I, that's yeah. all I can think of. <laughs> I spoke to someone recently, and they said that they kind of, they, they they know all this like general knowledge or like pop culture knowledge and it just pops out randomly in random places uh, and random moments and I was like you know what to be fair you can go to a game show and win money so that's not that useless <laughs> true true no no I, I, I like that I'm, I'm watching like Weakest Link now on TV every morning I'm just like I'm, I'm running out the answers like oh man I should be one of, I should be one of these shows exactly exactly um, as a director, you are the you're the you're the head of well, I, I assume my knowledge of filmmaking is very little. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but I'm actually quite interested in your uh-huh. work because it, it kind of borders on silent movie, but it's not. So I really quite I, I enjoyed like the the short that I saw on um, Amazon of yours actually, but. When you're making something like okay. that, um, how do you kind of keep it all together in terms of collaborating? Because you know you're collaborating with the cinematographer, with the um, screenplay writer, with the uh, actors. You're you're making decisions of where to be shot. You're dealing with nature. You're dealing with technology. You're dealing with all of these types of things. Um, how do you? keep all those relationships good do you have any kind of like tips that you've learned to kind of keep at the peace and to you know not rule with an iron fist but rule <laughs> rule, rule nicely and um how do you yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, th- those relationships so that at the end of the day you're also proud of your of your collective work yeah so i mean you know, I, I, I do have a partner um, for, you know, for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Dennis Lados. And, you know, you know, we've we've directed together, produced together, edited together. So that in itself is already a collaborative process where you're, you know, we're, we're both at a head of a production and you have to find the balance between us and everyone else, but also in between mm-hmm. us. And I think at the, end, at the end of the day, as long as someone's always heard, you know, you might not agree with their opinion. You might not agree with their creative decision, but as long as they're heard and you talk about it and you express your feelings and you keep things real, you keep things honest, you keep things transparent. You know, I think that's the 
biggest, biggest, biggest key of relationships and keeping them strong is always being honest and always being transparent, not going behind anyone's back and always keeping it real. Um, but it's also like, you know, that's like, a, you know, the above the line kind of job, the jobs who are ahead of their departments, like the cinematographer and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's always keeping it real, always taking listening to everyone's opinion and determining what you want to end up doing. But I did also at the end of the day when you also have crew members, you know, everyone is needed. Even the guys mm-hmm. at the bottom of the totem pole, every single person is needed for a production. Everyone is mm-hmm. extremely, extremely useful. Every need, every head, every hand is needed. So it's also encouraging everybody, mm-hmm. keeping them excited, keep them like, let's go. There's 12 hour days we're working. It's a long, long day. During the pandemic, it's a scary time and we're working during it. So it's keeping people, you know, keeping them upbeat, being that light, being at the end of the tunnel, being that upbeat energy to encourage people to keep going, I think is the most important, mm-hmm. you know, person as being a collaborator and someone to to enhance the process of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, location. When you're thinking of a story, how how much does location play a, a role in your decision making? And also, does where you live just in general affect how you create? So, if you're in LA, does it do do you get a, like an LA vibe to your creating? When you're in New York or when you're, I don't know, London or Disneyland, <laughs> like, is there, does it really affect yeah, yeah, yeah. you? Or are you kind of the type of person who you're like, no, um, post-production kind of, then I can get that effect. I don't really need the, the ambience. Yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, I guess it really also depends upon what story you want to tell. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to tell a story that takes place in L.A., then, you know, you, you have to shoot in L.A. You, 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 you don't have to shoot in L.A., but it helps to shoot at your location. Mm-hmm. It also depends upon your budgetary constraints, you know, what kind of production you're dealing with. Like on an independent level, you're always worried about your budget. We're, we're not dealing with $100 million like from a studio. We're dealing with, you know, either raise financing or our own financing from our, from our own selves. And it's kind of figuring out, what makes sense? What kind of story can I tell? What do I have access to? What can be free? What can't be, you know, all those different things that play a part in filmmaking. You Mm -hmm. know, in my last film, we had a cemetery, a massive, massive cemetery. And Mm -hmm. we had to build that cemetery. But, you know, we live, you know, more in Long Island, more like Queens, New York. Mm -hmm. But we had to go upstate New York, stay in the same state because there's more land to like build a cemetery. But then our other part of our story, mm-hmm. you know, was like Astoria, which was, was Queens, New York. But we, we live there. Mm-hmm. So we made sure that we didn't say, oh, yeah, we're going to go to, you know, it takes place in L.A. We wouldn't do that. We're making a short film. Mm-hmm. We, we want to keep it where we live, keep it real. We know how our people work and you keep it really authentic to, you know, where you're shooting. So. You know, I guess it all depends upon what story you want to tell and then what you have access to mm-hmm. and, you know, what kind of budgetary constraints you have. I think there's several different yeah. things that could pl- play into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, You spoke earlier about how you do the least amount of editing you can to your work. Mm-hmm. You don't like to edit. Um, I've kind of read up and I've, like, watched other people on YouTube and stuff that talk about, like, the desired effect usually never what you end up with especially in big budget films that's why sometimes people 
you kind of feel like the film has been touched by so many different hands because of all the editing it's gone through. Um, what mm. made you decide to be like, no, I'm gonna be so limited in my editing? And um, how do you is can you ever stop actually? And 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 stop and not edit so much or not edit at all? Is is it is it is it easy? Is it hard? I mean, I'm constantly editing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, no, no. I hate the course, sound of, of my course. own well, voice, so I'm constantly I, 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 like. I'll oh, clarify. <laughs> That's too funny. No, but I'll clarify one thing. When I say I don't edit, it's more like um, I do long takes, so I don't cut. Like I don't do different angles. I keep it one one angle on one okay. character, whatever the case may be. But I edit a lot. Like it takes a very long time to find the finished product. How long the shot should be? What shot should come first? How do you change the scene to this scene? What music? What sounds? I mean, there's so much editing uh, involved um, in that process. You know, from an actual structural point of view, there's less because of how I shoot films. But it's it's but it's. But the actual work of figuring out the music, the sounds—I want to hear this sound here, that sound there. I want it to be a second or a frame shorter than that. And this, no, whatever the case may be, you know, there's still a very hefty process in actually making sure the timing and the flow works well. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, when you're editing your film, you know, you're saying, "Oh my God, this is horrible. Oh man, this is gonna. This is. We. It, how am I gonna save this thing?" Mm. Oh my god! I should have done this. I should have done that. But when you yeah. start putting the pieces together, because there's so many pieces to a film, when you start mm. putting those pieces together and it's looking more like a film, it starts. It's you start, you know, it starts sounding more like a finished film. Mm-hmm. You start realizing, wow, I really do have something here. Is there yeah. always something you'll pick apart and saying, I wish it did. I wish it. Did, I wish it did this. I wish it did that. Of course, of course, of course. But yeah. you know, you try to be as confident in your work. And the biggest thing that I always try to make myself feel better is that I wish I did something different, but the viewers going to accept it the way it is, so they'll have no idea, yeah. um, you know, that I wanted this or this wasn't right, you know. Um, you know, I was just showing my film the other day to somebody, and they were had a TV, and there was a certain sound missing because certain TVs, certain speakers don't, you know, have certain capabilities to have certain sound work that I had in there, and mm-hmm. it killed me inside absolutely <laughs> killed me i'm like how is that sound not there but it meant nothing to the viewer they they didn't think it was a better or worse film but in my eyes like holy yeah. mackerel that was like a massive deception that should never have happened but you know it's it's all in the behind, it's all in the eyes of the beholder but yeah. uh it's tough but you yeah. try to be confident in what you set out to do initially oh definitely yeah create yeah, yeah creative confidence is and just self confidence is just needed to make it in the in the world of creativity, because oh lord, if I could just never, yeah. I would never release anything. To be fair, <laughs> there comes a point where I'm like, yeah, like, it's it's it's, it's, it's tough. And, back and, and tell them, let's do it again. <laughs> I don't know. I I I'm with you. You know, we're always the problem is we're always growing and we want to grow. So mm. you know. We'll never see perfection as artists because we want to always be better than whatever we did before. Like someone could win an Oscar for Best Picture and they'll still think, "Ah, oh, that shot! I hate that shot!" <laughs> you know, 
you never mm. know what goes behind the director but in the, the day you just got to be confident in your product and you know and be confident that you set out to do something and you did it right you did the best you could and that's it yeah um that's so true how how do you keep it fresh how and how have you and how do you um how is the 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 internet and the world of of you know because with film kind of like with music you guys have had to deal with um, those sites that people use to kind of watch things for free and you're mm-hmm. independent so that kind of affects you guys a lot more than you know big budget films so how have you navigated the internet streaming services um and yeah how how do you keep it fresh how do you keep how do you keep people on their toes people who are now your fan fans of your work yeah so you know um you know the world is changing especially now um, you know disney like going back to disney disney just announced that they're restructuring their whole business model um to focus on streaming services and they're they're, they're literally saying that that's going to be their main stream of income is that disney plus exploded and they're going to focus on streaming so like with the pandemic they have a new animated film coming out called soul um mm. and that's a huge deal because you know they wanted to release it to theaters but now they're going straight to Disney Plus for no extra charge and these mm. animated films make like a half a billion dollars minimally and like that's a huge mm. thing but now they're restructuring their business model to streaming services so it's just a very interesting thing for a filmmaker you know with streaming services mm. and Netflix and Hulu and Apple TV I mean there's so much more opportunity out there for filmmakers mm-hmm. to have their work out mm-hmm. there and shown and what not Um so I think you know that's a great thing with the ever changing technology you know people can watch their stuff on the phone and you know I see people watching movies on their phones and as filmmakers are like ah but it's supposed to be on the big screen but the fact that there's ability to see your film at any time mm. and people want to see your film wherever they are that's a big deal because now people can there's more people that have access to your work because they can mm-hmm. view it from their phone to their computer to their tablet to their TV screen um not just mm-hmm. the movie theater. Um so I think that's very interesting the technological point of view. But keeping it fresh, you know, it's you know, it's maintaining a nice social media profile, showing people what you're doing, showing cool behind the scenes photos, things that they, you know, mm. want to see from filmmakers and, you know, yeah. you know, one of the coolest stuff was, you know, you know, just seeing directors and posting stuff from behind the scenes is always nice. And that's kind of what I do for my Instagram. I really just got to keep it professional. You know, I do some, you yeah. know, personal stuff here and there to let people know who I am um so they can connect <laughs> with me, but really showing them the work and what's going behind the work and, you know, stuff like that, I guess, you know. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um where you are, your stories are about um, real real people, real real stories. Um do you think it is your responsibility to kind of you know give um an authentic lens on for culture and for people to understand the differences that everybody are going through or or are you more of a my story you take it how you want to take it i'm just telling the story and is it um a creator's responsibility to kind of navigate the stories that the real ones the ones that really matter to people or should we kind of just leave that side yeah. alone a little bit 
Yeah, I think I think it's I think you as a filmmaker do your best job to portray a story in a certain way to make people feel a certain way, but you don't force it. You just do it in the way you feel and you you know can stand behind and how the audience determines what happens in the film is up to them how they feel afterwards is up to them you do your job you mm-hmm. focus on the art you want to create and then it's up to that audience member or audience to to determine how they feel i love hearing people's mm-hmm. thoughts about the film you know you know i just showed my film to a bunch of people the other day i had them all over and you know uh, you know hearing 15 people speak about my film and having different experiences mm-hmm. It, it 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 you know them feeling certain emotions because of it different emotions certain emotions anxiety sadness sorrow grief you know it, it brings up memories for certain people it brings up bad times good times it, it it reflects upon their emotions reflects upon their life um but it's also just real and they're thinking about how they are living just in the now so i think it's it's you do what you have to do to tell the story and keep the integrity of the story true and as long as you keep the integrity of the story as you're actually making the film the product of how people respond is the beauty of it you don't want to force how people feel you want to keep the integrity of the story you want to tell and how people react is what the most beautiful thing out of filmmaking is is the reactions yeah yeah 100% um fun question actually If you could have a historical figure as your imaginary friend, who would you have? Historical figure as a friend, you say? Yeah, an imag- yeah, an imaginary friend. An imaginary friend. Oh, so like someone who's actually been alive in the past. Yep. Yeah, so I I I I would say uh living or dead. up to you Yeah so um <laughs> I mean I would love to be friends with Bob Iger I mean I want to know and learn more about him and and know where he's been and how his journey is I want to meet that guy I mean I also you know love love Christopher Nolan uh you know he's one of my favorite yeah. filmmakers I want to understand how his mind works James Cameron I mean there's so many people that I would love to be friends with and learn from. But uh you know the top of my list would be Mr. Bob Iger. That guy, he's not even a film director, but he's a creative and powerful business genius that uh you know I aspire to uh be like one day. Nice. I mean with Christopher Nolan, could you like if he was my imaginary friend, I'd be like, "Can you explain Inception because till this day <laughs> I, yeah. I just Brilliant. I can't I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> your legacy you spoke, you spoke about how you know what keeps you going is the legacy that you're trying to build. What what is that? What do you want people to remember you for and yeah. What what do you want your legacy to be? I I want to make films that that leave an impression on people that they are moved by watching the film they are there there are questions that are provoked because of the film you know conversations are made because of the film i i want to be remembered as 
someone who was an artist and knew how to portray emotion on the screen. And um, I think my legacy is that is someone someone who knew how to direct a film, produce a film that was able to leave an audience speechless to be like, wow, and and just. Yeah. Just, 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 just really understand and understand that it's, it's an art, it's a beauty, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and just, I want people to be excited to see a film of mine or intrigued to see a film of mine or, you know, when, when, you know, on like on movies and, and commercials and trailers, they're like a Steven Spielberg film, a Christopher Nolan film, and everyone gets excited, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a new James Cameron Avatar, you know, mm. when you see that person's name. People get excited. People are like, "Oh, I want to see that film," and they don't even care what the rest of the trailer is like. They see that name, they know who that person is. They want to see that film. They want to support that person. That's that's what I want. I want someone to see my name and be like, mm, "That's what I want to see." Awesome. Um, and finally, before you go. If you could take three people to mm-hmm. your favorite Disneyland attraction, who would you take, <laughs> dead or alive? So I would, I, I would, I, I think I would just take Bob Iger with me, even though he's probably been on all the rides. I'm like, <laughs> Mister Mister Iger, come on by with me. We're going to check out some rides <laughs> together. We can discuss, you know, a huge, 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 huge thing. But it's so, so far fetched talking about bringing Bob Iger. I would, you know, one one of my <laughs> legacy goals, one of my goals, major major goals, is that one of the movies I make one day becomes a ride, you know, at at at, at a theme yeah. park like at Universal Studios or at Disney, you know, that'd be super super cool. But um, you know, I take I take Bob with me, you know, maybe uh, you know, I'll take LeBron James with me. We'll talk about it, you know, his championship he just won. Um, just seems like a cool guy to hang out with. The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, a cool guy to come with and talk and go to Disneyland with. We can enjoy and have a lot of fun. You know, I I, I love people who who have achieved greatness, and I love learning from them. I love yeah. listening to them. You know, someone who's you know who's passed away is Alfred Hitchcock. You know, one of the greatest minds and you know masterful filmmaking mm-hmm. and of complete control over camera and 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 understanding. Mm-hmm. You know what you can portray to portray and, and, and achieve emotion from an audience. You know that guy is incredible. We can hop on a ride and make a, an attraction called the Birds and have it be one of the craziest, scariest rides ever. So you know a lot of different things. We can make a lot of things happen. I want to. I want to learn from everybody. Yeah. So we got to bring everybody at Disneyland. We'll shut it down for a day, and I'll bring my whole crew with me. Exactly. Shut down Disney and just have a good time. <laughs> that's 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 the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> Now, Scott, it's been absolutely amazing hearing your um your story. Um, I might I've I've saved a couple of your films on on, on Prime. I'm gonna watch them. I'm gonna get myself first with your work. So yeah. No, sure. But um, before you go, let the people know where to find you online. Um, which films of yours to look out for? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, that's my main, you know, social media. I have a Twitter account as well, um, but really, Instagram is at Scott Aharoni. So it's at S C O T T A H A R 
H-A-R-O-N-I, so at Scott Aharoni. Um, and yeah, and then I also, my website that I have, my partner, we are companies called Duo Entertainment. So if you go to duo, D-U-O-N-T-E-N-T.com, that's our website. Uh, our latest film we just shot is called titled Laylac, um, which is a really awesome short film that we just shot, which I was talking about before during the pandemic. And you can see a bunch of behind the scenes on my um, on my uh, Instagram. And you can be looking out at, for Laylac. Uh, hopefully we're hitting the festival circuit um, really strong next year. And Laylac is basically about a, it takes place during present day, like now during Queens, New York, where a Turkish grave digger is unable to face a shattering truth and risk losing the dearest connection left in his life. Um, so, you know, that's, you can look out for that. And that's our, that's our next biggest project that Mustafa Kamek wrote and produced with myself and my partner, Thomas Lados. And um, yeah, so we have a huge, uh, you know, a lot of stuff coming and, a lot of good things are happening no that's amazing thank you scott so much for joining me today thank you i appreciate it yes indeed have a have a good rest of your day and yeah hopefully it gets well it's winter now so it's not going to get sunny anytime soon for us but yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully we see some kind of sun <laughs> thank you thank you have a great day all right thank you bye thank you bye-bye